0: Well, hello there, you naughty monkey. This episode, just for your information, is brought to us by the letter Sex Um, and AdamAndEve.com. So, AdamAndEve.com gave us our promo code SexNerd so we could go there and get 50% off almost any item, three free DVDs, free shipping, and an extra little gift. So I was looking around AdamandEve.com and realized, dude, they even have just a little header that says for beginners. So click on it. Hey, in the spirit of the fact that this is about late bloomers, that's this episode and it was a lot of fun to do. So check out AdamandEve.com, type in promo code sexnerd at checkout and you will get 50% off almost anything in that store. Free shipping, three free DVDs and an extra little gift just because you're you.
1: Now entering Nerdist.com.
0: Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra
2: Podcast.
0: Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Right. before we get into this week's show, a few things. First, NaNoWriMo, so National Novel Writing Month. I did request for many of you to come shame me, tell me to write on Twitter and Facebook, and by golly, you guys have really come through. I appreciate every single one of you uh, posting things to my site, like, like even everyone from like the Avengers pointing at me, like judging me, <laughs> like being like, you should be writing. Um, you guys are great. I, on the other hand, have not been great and have been thrown off my game and are really, I'm, I'm really behind. So, thank you for that. I'm feeling the pressure. Um, tap tippity tap tap tap. Uh, but thank you. I shall persevere. Second, um, the documentary "How to Lose Your Virginity" is finally available uh, for purchase and viewing. I'll uh, go to virginitymovie.com. If you recall, that was the episode uh, we recorded. Um, a while ago with Therese Schechter uh, all about virginity oh so please check it out it's exciting it's finally here now for this episode on late blooming I basically took advantage of the fact that I was at a conference uh, in DC at the Woodhull sexual freedom conference and I want to paint a picture for you we are in a medium-sized hotel conference room fluorescent light Many people are sitting far away from me who seem too shy to get too close to me, and I am trying to run around the room with two microphones to podcast with all the sex educators and activists that have come into the room. It was exciting, it was fun, it was highly interactive, um, and it was just so silly to be creating a roundtable... Discussion with a whole bunch of experts in different fields around sex. Um, And so I just adore all of them for jumping in there and just adding to the conversation. We had a lot of fun. Now, so I was pretty nervous about um, being in front of my peers and doing this, but I had a good time. I was very surprised actually by their shyness. Um, So usually everyone is just so passionate about sex. And so I thought it was great that everyone gave a lot of thought to the subject of late blooming. And there are actually some wonderful surprises, uh, twists, and turns in terms of people's answers. So um, anyway, I, I apologize for any audio issues. We tried to do the best we could, and uh, I am pleased with the results. Good times. Memories. Oh, and at the very beginning of the episode, my time has started for the podcast, but a lot of attendees have not entered the room yet because they're at a different event and coming to me a little late So that's why there's a little bit of a staggering In terms of me starting the episode And the conversation around late blooming Alright, I hope you enjoy the episode And I will catch you on the flip side hmm. Okay guys, this is the part Where everyone starts walking in we have to make them really jealous Like they missed a lot Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: so um, uh, I'm not going to give my spiel Until we get like more people in here Because I'll just have to repeat myself So While we're waiting, because this is what happens in a conference is everybody, is this too loud? First of all. Okay. Okay. This is the microphone that you get for just a moment. And my question to you, and we're going to pass the mic around to the people sitting. What is something that long time ago, you were totally nervous and too shy to admit about yourself sexually. And now you're totally just comfortable with.
3: Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that I used to be very uncomfortable with BDSM stuff and, um, I think I figured out recently that it was because I always had, uh, framed it in my mind as relating to the sub in the situation. But, um, recently when someone asked me to slap them in the face during sex, I realized that I was really good at it and that I really love being a dom. And so I'm, I like have kind of admitted to myself that I'm into those power dynamics And, um, reframing BDSM in my mind to like be the individual who is dominant in the situation. Like I was able to get into that on on my own and figure it all out.
0: Cool. Mine was spanking. I
3: remember the first time
0: that like somebody mentioned that they like spanking. I'm like, Oh my God, are you allowed to say that? Are you allowed to say that? (gasps) I'm totally going to do that someday. How about you? (coughs)
4: Um, Oh, fun. Uh, Guess mine's been more uh, more traditional. Mine was the uh, being able to say that I was gay. That was a thing. Yeah. Um, I came out. What well, I guess is kind of late. I was about twenty three, mm-hmm. but it was a big deal for me, a big deal for everybody when that happens. Um, and subsequent to that, I don't feel I have much problem saying I am into anything. I got really hit in the face recently doing sex. That was great. That what doing sex? I got Slapped oh. in the face doing sex uh-huh. recently. That was awesome. Ah. Um, uh, so yeah, that was the, but that was the big thing for me, and that was the big hurdle to overcome to say out loud, "I am a gay man." And that was
0: cool. It was all downhill from there.
4: Yeah. I like to get, Slippery slope.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> lube, lube up that slope. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Just, hi. How are you? What's the thing? What's the secret thing?
5: The secret thing is that I didn't lose my virginity until I was 22 years old.
0: <gasps> and you're Please. comfortable about saying that now, that- but...
5: But I used to be very embarrassed about it because I thought like, oh, everybody got such an early start. I was such a late bloomer and I was embarrassed to admit I waited so long and that became part of my story.
0: Now, as a sex educator, have you realized that people wait and wait until they're in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, that 22 actually?
5: There's no magical age for anyone. No. Exactly. Exactly. Or do you still feel like that was pretty late? No. No, no Not anymore No not anymore But I did And so I used to be embarrassed But now it's one of those things That I've claimed Interesting Perspective yeah. Yes
6: Okay How about over here Masturbation Oh my I... god You do that Guys She does that She totally does that <laughs> I remember I was, gosh, I think five years old and my older brother and sister walked into my bedroom and they saw me masturbating. I didn't even know what it was. It just felt awesome. And I was shamed forever for that. And they would tell that story and try and embarrass me with it all the time that they were just kids. They were like an eight, nine years old, you know, but they were like, Jenna's humping on her bed. Um, but, um, and so then I, I don't know when it was, but I started to own it. I think it was in like high school when they were like, ha ha. Remember when we caught you? I'm like, yeah. Cause I knew how to get myself off when i was five and i was like i owned it i owned it and so it was like this but it was powerful how Mm. that that shame like i i used to feel like it was i had to be so secretive about it and i'd be like i have to wait till everyone falls asleep yeah but anyways now you're just like middle of the day now i'm like now i'm like
7: yeah masturbation for all who want to um, well, I also actually, I hadn't thought of that, but I also lost my virginity when I was 22. And so that was sort of a, yeah, yeah. yeah bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing I was thinking of is this jo- just more of a general sense is like, I don't know, being able to advocate for myself and sort of be like, no, that fucking hurts. Stop.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. The day that you get to speak up, like, yeah, my vagina does hurt. Thank yeah. You
7: stop. That's not, you know, that, that was always a point of like. You know difficulty for me because I was just like I care more about what this person likes than what I like and so that was always really tough for me so but now I'm like do this because <laughs> I like it
0: yeah touch it like that smack it like that Ah, oh, the cable
8: well to be perfectly honest I'm probably still pretty uncomfortable with most of the sexual problems I've had in my life. in I'm okay. here as a guest, sort of. And um,
0: um, that's great to admit. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that's brave. Yeah. That's uber brave. That's fear, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you.
8: Hi. Hi. Um, let's see. I read the Kinsey reports when I was 11. <gasps> and I remember feeling very uncomfortable because I was not pubescent and I started masturbating when I was like 11 or a little 12. Did you?
0: Wait, wait, the first time you masturbated was the Kinsey reports?
8: No, 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 no. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I got really excited about some history there.
8: That would have been cool. But yeah, I would have been proud of that. <laughs> so, no, but um, I didn't think I didn't think that was normal. I thought I thought it was abnormal because of that. And, and after, actually, I read the uh, female one first, and then I read the male one. So the male one was fresh in my mind, and I discovered that I could masturbate. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's weird. That can't be right. <laughs> and I just
0: because it didn't no. align with the Kinsey report.
8: Well, I didn't think it did. I, I don't think I read it. Oh, carefully. but
0: I see the Kinsey Report the made you it, feel like you were outside the norm. The,
8: yeah, the, I on, see. The onset of masturbation in males at that time was in the fifties, and when this, when the Kinsey Report statistics were taken, was was quite a bit later than that. So, mm-hmm. and uh, for males, thank you.
9: Hi. Hi. I'm like thinking through all this stuff. I mean, recently, I guess I was during Ignacio's class, um, and we were talking about our uh, gender identity, um, how we felt internally, and how we felt in society. And there's this wonderful age for a lot of uh, female-bodied people or cisgender people that when you're 5 to 10, you get to be a tomboy. And um, I never admitted this in the um, uh, in public before, and it was cool that uh, I basically taught everybody to masturbate. Or I, I mean, the main thing was. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I can do that part, but I really, <laughs> not on not recording in a group, I could say, but, um, yeah, is it, so, you haven't
0: actually said your name or anything. This is totally right, anonymous, right, except for right. the part where there's somebody filming.
9: Right. <laughs> no, everybody's like, Oh, I've heard you tell that story. So, um, but to, to speak about it is like, I, um, you know, child, children having sex, basically I would have sex, sexual mm-hmm. encounters, prepubescent because people aren't on the sexuality of children. Mm -hmm. people it's just in our society does not exist. And I I was like, wow. Yeah. I was really kind of fucking a lot of people back then, you know, (laughs) and I've never really put it in that context or admitted it Mm -hmm. publicly.
0: Wow. But now you're like, and that that happened. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of neat when you're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's within the realm of what people do. Cool. Okay. Oh, sorry. So a few things, and this is kind of cool because I've never podcasted to a group of sex educator and activists before i'm usually with one expert or a comedian or a comedian expert or like somebody with a crazy life story or something right so we were taking a little bit of a poll or know i was checking to see who was here i've got like a activist and a sex worker and i've got a um Biological anthropologist and I have a sex educator awesome social media expert and I've got a college sex expert over there a sex coach a person who's really looking up to that person but wants to do the same thing and I've got a listener also and and I believe there's a tantra in the room hardcore um, uh, I think there might be some people who represent the religious field kind of near the back. That's cool That's a really good group of people guys. Yeah <laughs> All right, so there's a topic that uh, I have been emailed again and again about, and uh, covering a topic a week. The topic that I have not covered yet, I've covered virginity, right? And I talked to Therese Schechter a year and a half or so, I think at a Momentum conference about virginity, because she had a um, she had a documentary about that. So I covered that. I talked to her, and her documentary was primarily about uh, female virgins. Like that was, and she might do another one where it's on male virgins and losing virginity. So. I also interviewed a, an ex-lover of mine, which is not, this is the first time I'd ever done that and I kind of wanted to, is to talk to somebody who had actually I had been with and it was his first time and he was, I think, 31 at the time, our first time having sex, so he had never had sex before. And so his uh, candor about that experience and what it meant and, and like kind of the whole world of being a late bloomer uh, was a thing, but it was more about the loss of virginity experience. But the thing is, for all the sex nerdery going on in the world, like I don't know about you, like, how many people were just like, you know, like a love watching the of reading the Kinsey report. People who were like at an early age, like reading all the sex books at the bookstore, et cetera, like, this is a podcast, holler it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning. Hands up doesn't mean a damn thing in radio. <laughs> a damn thing. So late blooming is something that I just keep getting emailed about. And so we were taking a little poll of what is the thing. Uh, in your life that in the earlier years you were just too embarrassed to admit and now you're like, yeah, this is what happened Like you're just totally like over the hump about it And one person was even like i'm still kind of dealing with all that stuff and that's cool, too Like i'm still dealing with stuff. I just gotta pretend like I Don't (laughs) once a week. Uh, not true. Um So I want to talk about late blooming And the reason I kind of want to crowdsource this one is because I don't really know what to say I have questions and I'm wondering and we don't need to necessarily have answers but it's kind of like I want to open it up like the uh, female black sexuality uh, group's discussion that happened earlier today was fantastic because like, everyone brought something to the table and we all shared it, and I just love it so late bloomers specifically the experience where it's like oh I'm pure I'm a virgin, I'm yay I'm a virgin oh shit I'm a virgin oh fuck I'm still a virgin, no don't tell anybody, people think I'm not a virgin oh god I gonna die, do I tell them I'm a virgin Like when that starts happening, like that. So often, in terms of the emails I get um, and the comments I get, it's not necessarily about religion. It may have been at one point, but it's more of a general just, my time has passed. So I don't know what to tell these people. (laughs) I'm kind of like, just go. Get late, you know. Don't get late. I don't care. Like you're fine. Masturbate. You don't need to have sex with anybody. Like I, I kind of just. I keep doing the same. Like you're fine, just the way you are. You're a beautiful flower. Um, take your time. Just date. But it's so many things keep coming up over and over again. So uh, we're gonna get into specifics. But just right off the top of your head, does anyone have any any thoughts about what you'd say? You can be anonymous if you would like. You can also say your website and your Twitter and tell your name and all that and what you do. Um, in short. Twitter-friendly bits before you talk. Okay.
1: Hi. Uh, I'm Rick, and uh, I've been doing sex education for 25 years, yeah. most recently with older adults. I mean people who are over 60 mm-hmm. uh, with my partner. And late-blooming is any age. And we go through late-blooming sometimes More than one stage in our lives, Mm -hmm. it happens maybe again and again as our awareness of the possibilities and of our own reactions and abilities, you know, comes to us through experience what we learn, what we hear. And so I'm, it's it's such an incredible joy when you're educating people Mm -hmm. that someone who talks about having an almost sexless life for a 40-year, you know, a 30-year marriage Mm -hmm. says, you know, I'm, how, do I re- how do I renovate my vagina? And, you know, I'm finding out that actually I'm attracted to, to both sexes. And this, is, this is, is common. Any age, multiple times in your life, that's a reality of late-blooming.
0: <gasps> oh, like, right, because you, it doesn't mean necessarily just your first time having sex. It also means, like, if you have been in a sexless period. Uh, for me, for-
1: finding out I was, that I had this dumb side, for me, finding out I had a buy side that took 50 years. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, and if you're lucky, you find these other aspects and facets of your sexuality.
2: Continuing discovery.
1: Continuing discovery.
0: Over and over again.
2: Um, hey, hey. Um, I'm L Chase, LadyCheeky.com or SmutForSmarties.com, as I want to say. Um, I absolutely agree. I was a late bloomer, and I didn't, I didn't enjoy sex at all until I was 40, and I'm 44. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so I didn't understand what it was that made it so exciting for everybody else because no one had explained it to me and no one had taken the time to show me pleasure and so I woke up one day and had this sort of revelation, this satori, as it were, like, I can't live like this anymore. I think your body will tell you, will say, you're supposed to be sensual. You're supposed to recognize this part of your of your being. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, I think it's just like you're stuffed down and, um, it was freeing. It was really great. Like what
0: changed saying. at 40?
2: Well, I left my husband. Oh, she <laughs> left her husband. Um, you know, something little like that. And, um, I actually, it was, its an odd story. I was watching, I was going through a big depression. I was watching true blood,
0: and it's changed your life.
2: It it, it did. It did. It did. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was watching True Blood and I was sitting there so depressed and then I saw the chemistry between the two between the two people. Um Bill and Sookie <laughs> and um and they were falling in love in real life, too. So their sex scenes were I didn't like, know that. Yes. <gasps> oh yeah. And now they have twins? <gasps> no. Um, they're married. They have twins. At any rate, their sex scenes were so hot, and I had never felt that passion. And I finally realized why I was so depressed: is because I didn't love my husband, and, <laughs> and I'd never enjoyed sex. I'd never experienced that, and then that changed my life. I mean, it could have very easily been an Unseen In book, but sadly, I have HBO, and so I was watching <laughs> True Blood.
0: I love it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay, absolutely beautiful, you two. But let's get realistic here. I'm talking about people who are dying inside because they've never even felt the touch of another human being. Okay? It is a beautiful thing. The concept, is, and people think it's just you just have sex at one time and then suddenly you're in a club that you didn't, weren't allowed like you're in. You're up in the club and you were outside before and no one's letting you in. Now you're just, and everybody's having a good time. Sometimes you're in the club, you're still not having a good time and you're crying in the bathroom. Uh, you know? So, but what about the people who are standing outside, just no one's letting them in? If someone is a virgin, and let's say they're 32. All right, and they've got a hot date. That they, the date goes well. Maybe it ends in a kiss, and they're like, oh, yeah. and then, then the second date's going to happen tonight. And they're like, wait a minute, do I tell them that I'm a virgin before we do it? What do you think? Because I'm asked this question a lot. I'm all like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you should. not Maybe you shouldn't. There's all these things. What do you keep in mind? Help me, guys. Um,
6: I,
9: I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but what the big thing is playing out in my mind is it. We talk about as if we know what this it is and what is sex. I, I'm finding that people, that, they- Maybe these people need to broaden their concept of sexuality. Um, for me, it's if I can come. So um, I've had sex with you and you and you. You know? Cause if She's I'm pointing in, at people. Is this real? No, Is this real? No, okay. No, 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 but but I can literally physically get close to somebody and just go. Oh, okay. Um, I know that's probably a violation of some people's. There no consent. I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but. but but um, but the, uh, the point is this broad, broad. Why didn't you have sex with me? Yeah, Where? What is? <laughs> no, the um, just broad, broadening, <laughs> broadening the concept of sex, right? So when is it? What is it? Is it when does sex happen? A pleasure, a chill through the spine, a sigh, a you know w- this um, body part in, that penetrates a body part, a tongue and a ear. Then hey, you know, like and well. so. Um, but, but what, what (laughs) what you were talking about is people who have not even been touched by someone else. And that locked my cogs a little, um, Mm -hmm. that is, that breaks my heart. Um, everyone should be touched and, um, find communities in which hugs are, are a welcome, you know, thing. And, and, you know, people just kind of pile up on a couch together, you know, uh, that's available to people if they, know about it so that I didn't know quite how to answer, but I do encourage everybody to take a definition of sex, start where you, what you know, what you enjoy, and then just work the rest of your life to expand it and expand it and expand it. Definitely.
0: Definitely broadening, broadening your horizons as to, and the definitions of sex for sure. I think, um, I mean, of course for some people that is so out, it's like, we're all in our own bubbles, right? Like, and I'm fighting constantly with my own bubble. It's like, I'm a sex educator and, and like, what does it mean, uh, to people who hang out with, like just even being near a comedian community in LA it's just, i'm brought to the reality of just the average human being so often i'm like oh you you don't even there is no, a hug couch with all the people hugging like it's just like what you know like they don't even know so it's hard for the person who's just like they just want to go on a date and get naked and roll around a bit but they're freaking out about Wait, someone's reaching for the microphone, and I feel like there's something very important. No, not yet. Yes, okay, now.
4: now. Okay. Um, I just want to say something that connects to what you were saying about when do people, what do people say when they're a virgin and they think their hot date's going really hot, and connects to this variable definition of sex. Um, I said earlier that I came out what I considered, well, people tell me is late. I came out at about 24, 23, something like mm-hmm. that. I don't really mind. That was fine. I came out when I was ready to come out. That's when people do that. That's great. Yeah. But before that, I was waiting to be straight. And I was waiting to have sex with a girl. And I had sex with a girl when I was 22.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And that was the first time.
0: Oh, there are, there, there are
4: well, three thought,
0: people in the room. 20, Any more thought, 22ers? 22ers. Going once. Going twice.
4: I thought that was me losing my virginity. But I've been having sex with a lot of men before that point. But because they were straight and I was straight, it didn't class as sex. So subsequently, I know mm-hmm. that looking back, I know I lost my virginity a lot younger twenty two mm-hmm. but I was waiting for that moment to have sex with a girl and be the straight man that I thought I was going to be, so we went out on a date. It was incredibly boring. We spoke about mortgages for two hours i 'm not joking
0: <laughs>
2: romantic okay? it was
4: great and I thought i don 't know what 's going on i don't know how to do this i don 't know, but she really, really, really wanted
0: me. Really? So she, oh, wait a minute. If you're talking about mortgages, she was like, I love APRs. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't even know if that's a part of mortgages. I don't know. She had
4: an agenda. I think the mortgage conversation we had to get through and then
0: oh, okay. she said,
4: take me back to your room. I said, it's really, really messy. I can't. <laughs> and she said, um, I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I'm not there to inspect your room. I was like, okay. So we're walking back to my room. It's while I was at university. So we walking back to my room and I was thinking, oh no, I'm going to have to have sex with this, this girl. I've never had sex with a girl. I'm a virgin. I have to tell her. I have to find a way to tell her, because she's expecting something hot from me, Uh and it's going to be awkward and awful. (laughs) Um, So I stopped her in the street. You might have noticed I'm British, and I did something very British, and I I said, I have to tell you something. Um, Would it surprise you to learn I'm not very experienced with women?
0: (laughs) That is so sexy. (laughs) And she
4: kissed me there and then, and that was that. Well, not in the street. We went back, you know. But yeah.
0: That's a romantic story for a gay man. Yeah. <laughs> With a woman. You know, it's like, that's like something that I want to see in a movie, but at the same time, the context is like, but then I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like,
4: then there was the, uh, then there was the, uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> for me, after everything, right. it was like, well, you... why don't I feel different? I mean, that's a different conversation. Right. But, yeah.
0: Wait, you did feel different? Uh-huh you didn't feel different. Oh, at all. Not at all. you thought you'd feel different. I was waiting to like...
4: feel straight. I was waiting to feel like, Oh, here's my life beginning. <gasps>
0: but... This is a whole thing in itself.
4: Yeah. No, thank you. yeah.
0: Okay, somebody said, thank you for sharing. I don't know what these mics are going to pick up. So, uh, that's what yeah. someone said. So what is the line that you said? Like, would it surprise you to know?
4: Would it surprise you to know? I'm not very experienced with women.
0: All right. You listening. Say it with me. <laughs> Would it surprise you to know that I'm not very experienced with women, or men, or trans, whatever. Just whatever is people. Uh, Does anyone else have something to say about whether or not to tell the person before you have sex with them that you haven't had sex before? Timid hand raise over on the left, coming at you with the microphone. Microphone. Um, I was
7: definitely somebody who loved to talk about sex, even though I hadn't had any sex because I felt like I couldn't get my hands on a penis. And so I was constantly like, let's talk about this. So consequently, the entire group of people who I worked with knew that I was a virgin and I would talk about it all the time. I'm like, yep, I'm a virgin and I want to have sex. So look me up. (laughs) Um, I used to say I was the loosest virgin in the DMV. Um, you worked at the DMV? No, like, in the D.C. metro oh, yeah. Maryland, Virginia. Not in the DMV. I didn't work at the DMV. I'm not representing the DMV. Oh, okay. Um, I mean... D.C. Maryland Virginia <laughs> oh locals <laughs> locals <laughs> whatever um, so anyway but and I was very excited about losing my virginity and told everyone to make sure that that you know memo was out there for people um, but consequently always knew that I wanted it to be somewhat special and I wanted to and I had um, learned that one way to be able to wait until I was ready was to get lots of toys and have fun with that. And then I could wait until I found somebody where I was just mm-hmm. like, I want this to be as fun as when I'm by myself because I know what to do with
0: myself. Good advice. Good advice. Um, good wisdom. I like it.
7: And it worked really well. And so I met somebody and so everyone knew that I was a virgin. So it was like big party when everyone found out that I, I finally stopped talking about being a virgin because it was over. But, um, but yeah, it worked for me to, um, publicize the entire Group of people
0: I was friends with. All the people in Washington, D.C. now. Yeah. Everyone knows now. Wait, so you were bold about it. And did anyone judge you for it? Or were people like, right on, I want to get you laid? Like, were people on board? Yeah, it was interesting. I had
7: somebody who I was lusting after who found out... That I was a virgin and then, like, wouldn't even speak to me <gasps> because because there's this idea of being responsible for somebody who's a virgin and right. sleeping with them and then having to deal with them being clingy and all this stuff. And so that was tough, but... clingy. Was that clingy? Clingy, yeah. Okay, I was not clingy or clean. And I was like... No, clingy. Okay. <laughs> so, and that was tough, but... Um, but at the same time, like I wanted to own it and think of it as even though I hadn't had sex, owning it as a part of my sexuality. Um, and it turns out in retrospect that it was very good. I didn't sleep with that person because, um, I don't think I want to sleep with anyone who's doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. is ashamed of a part, doesn't want to be a part of my sexuality in that mm-hmm. way. Um, were you clinging after? Uh, well, I didn't sleep with them, so. Oh no, but the other person. Oh, the other person. Uh, was a little clingy.
0: Ah! <laughs> Just a little bit. Was that person, um, was that person, wait a minute, was that person prepared to handle the
7: clingy? Yeah, we had a lot of conversations about it and, and I just said, you know, you're going to be a part of, we just sort of said, oh, you're going to be a part of my life in this way. Um, and I don't know about, you know, I don't know about dating, but like you're somebody who's experienced and like, I want you to be here and teach me and do all these things and it worked out. Um, we got into a space where i didn't know if I, wa- I wanted to be in a relationship with him i just didn't like want to be i didn't want to be in a scenario where they did it with me once and then dropped me i didn't want it to be like that but i wasn't sure about relationships so i didn't exactly know what i wanted and but the we- fact that you're having conversation is fantastic yeah so i tried it, it was a little bit of a you know I was full of emotion and all this stuff and I didn't know how to deal with it and it was and it was fun and it was great and I started the conversation I didn't navigate it as well as I could have and in the end that caused us to kind of break for a while but then a couple years later we got back together again that was awesome so um, anyway yeah So, so it was good it was a good experience overall so interesting
0: thank you for sharing thank you all the things Okay, you bring up something fantastic. How are we doing, P.S.? We're good? Okay, cool. I know this is... Yeah, you guys. So smart. You remember. It's a podcast. So, you bring up something fantastic. Also, people haven't been sharing their Twitter handles or their websites and whatnot. So, I'm just letting you know that that's a thing in case you do want to. Over 5 million downloads. What? People. (laughs) Guys, I need your help. Okay? Okay. So now we're talking about the clingy factor and the fact that if you tell the person that you are a virgin, they might freak out. But what if you really like that person, or what if it's meant to be, or whatever in terms of you two having a lovely couple of rolls in the hay, etc. Plus, together, what are some things you can tell that person, or what has anyone here been the person who's freaking out that they're about to have sex with a virgin? I got one hand raised. Anybody else? Or what would you tell the person who's a little bit uncomfortable? No one knows how to phrase that. Like, I'm a virgin, but it's totally cool because I totally have a huge thing of uh, sex toys. So I only need you for this one thing. Like, what do you tell them? (laughs) Sex geek in the back have feelings? I told everyone, like, sit closer if you'd like to be on mic. Intimacy dojo.
10: Yes. Um, So, but like, define how much they're freaking out.
0: Well, I don't know. It, it's more the fear of telling that person that they're virgin before it happens. So it's – do we just act like everything is cool? Like, yeah, well, I mean, I've ha- I've
10: had people be like, I've never done this activity before, which for some people can be substantial, whatever that activity is. Like no. when you're somebody's first time. Yeah, like I – But then like there's the virginity with a capital V and yeah, and it- but – People who
0: have maybe had one kiss and one makeout session a time two years ago, but other than that, have had no real intimate. There's a lot of responsibility
10: in in that, and I just think you know if you understand how people's hormones and creating powerful experiences for people are, and what you know how people might imprint on you, and just kind of become those little baby chickens, Uh they're like peep 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 peep. (laughs) But the idea of like you know just kind of being cognizant of it, and I think you should. Not, it's not, it's not, like you have to be super concerned, but like, just don't be cavalier with somebody else's first time for something in a culture that makes that a big deal because they probably haven't deconstructed it
0: mm-hmm.
10: or know how their imprinting goes under those circumstances.
0: Yeah. New, new territory. We don't yeah. know.
10: So I would, I would proceed with caution
0: mm-hmm.
10: and me, I like to process ahead of time as much as possible. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I would just tell the person, I'm interested in being a part of this first experience for you, but like, I have concerns. And let's walk through the garden of concerns and see where we get.
0: Ah, but that's not romantic.
10: Neither is the peep,
0: peep, peep, <laughs> peep, touche. To front load your work. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. What, do you have a website, sir?
10: Uh, SexNerdSounder.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, really,
10: it's read about sex.com. Thank you. I like that time flirting
0: episode. Now read read's been on the the show a couple times and, and it's been a lot of good times. Yeah. How many do we have any other guests? Oh my God. I only have one previous guest in the room. That's crazy. Sometimes I'm in a, Oh my God. You're all sex. It's on the What? Oh, hi. hi. Do you have something to say? I saw your hand. Yeah, okay. Tawana. Actually, here, hold this. Um, Tawana was a guest at my New York show in February where it was freezing outside, and uh, Francisco NYC was also there, and they were fantastic, and we talked about monogamy for about an hour and a half. And the audio mixer and the recording device, the whole thing totally didn't work because I needed uh, a Rick there, who's our tech person slash... Is it okay if I said your name? Okay, all right. You know, it's cool. I could edit it. I'm... Totally powerful that way. I know a gal. Um, so I didn't wasn't able to release that sh- because it was the best show. And, but it, yeah. <sighs> Stupid. So now I know a lot about tech that I didn't know before. But hello. So you're going to be on very soon. Yes? yes.
5: You lost your virginity at 22.
0: I did. I hate the term losing virginity, but um, that is the colloquialism. You know,
5: I was vaginally penetrated for the first time at the age of 22 that is, that's like hot and also creepy at the same time. Like I'm
0: like, really, I'm like kind of uncomfortable about that, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else kind of want to cross their legs when she said that? Like just a little bit.
5: How did you feel different after? I didn't. I didn't feel different after, but to piggyback after something that was said earlier, there are lots of different ways to lose your quote, quote, virginity, be it straight virginity, be it. Uh, anal, vaginal, oral virginity because I was of the everything but evangelical Christian upbringing in rural Illinois, and rural Mississippi. Um, and as long as nothing went in your vagina, you were still a virgin. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. question we won't ask, Were you a
1: three-way virgin? Or a were you only a vag... I shouldn't ask, I'm sorry. Were you no. only a vaginal virgin at the time?
5: I'll show you what type of virgin I was when the show's over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a slippery, that's a slippery slope of like, so which kind of virginities had you already lost by then? What had you done? I know it was all on the table. Tell me everything. It was almost a party here. Oh my God. Um, okay. So then it's the dating thing because, um, these folks are having issues with, uh, finding a mate. Right. Cause that, that is part of the problem is how do I actually find someone to date? Um, I know someone at a panel yesterday had mentioned how they had been out of the dating scene for 14 years and to be, to get back in and kind of something switch clicked in their head and they got back out there and it was the most empowering experience ever. Uh, that person may be in the room. Um, try to get them to and maybe, and it's like, what is it about the folks? And I feel like we probably have people in our lives, in our community that we've talked to that do not date are too afraid to date or whatever it is holding them back. Like, what is the wisdom that we can tell these folks? Hi. Hi.
11: I'm Kathy virtually from the intimacy dojo. Is this better? Yes. And um, I was the person you were talking about. I didn't date for 14 years. Um, I weigh 330 pounds, and I thought that I was undateable. And I, I was so ashamed. I would never. I wouldn't go on dating sites. I wouldn't. You know, I just kept waiting for the right person to stumble upon me, or for mm-hmm. my weight to suddenly change. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly realized that this much time has passed. And nothing's changed, and this could go on for decades. And so I asked, got some help, and I got out there and started putting my ad up in OkCupid. Okay mm-hmm. And I was convinced that no one would answer it. And it was actually Reed Mahalco did the coaching for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, I was petrified to date. And he's like, well, if nobody answers, that's fine. So I put right at the top. He had me put right at the top. I'm a big woman. If you don't want to date big women, don't bother to email me. Mm-hmm. And I have... Still, to this day, I have more dates than I can fit in my schedule. more people saying, "How, Hi. I love how authentic you are, and I 'm having a great time." So we all get in our heads and we have all these ideas about why we can't we 're not good enough, but mm-hmm. there's people out there that think we 're wonderful just the way we mm-hmm. are. Aww. <laughs>
0: That was our every podcast needs a warm fuzzy moment. I think we just had ours. They're no more loud, okay? Wait, I have another question. Can I keep asking you questions for a second? Okay, so I, I mean, this is this is related because even though you'd had dates and experiences before that fourteen years, yeah, that they, they can be very difficult to get back into the dating scene. Yes. So, yeah. Oh man. Okay, so my question is, hmm. what what was it a kind of artificial forcing yourself to go through the steps of doing it and you were just hating it the whole time? Or was it like, like a ding, like, yes, like someone said the thing. And now I'm like, okay, I'm
11: going to do it. Like what, what was that process like? It was terrifying. Um, but I was, I realized that nothing was going to change if I didn't change something. I'd spent 14 years waiting for a piano to hit me on the head Mm -hmm. or just something to change in the world. And it didn't. So I had to bring something different out of me. And Reed was great about giving me baby steps to move forward, but it was really outside my comfort zone. And I was petrified, and I asked a lot of friends for support, and, like, I'd go for coffee, and I'd be – the first coffee I went for, I processed with my friends like 48 hours ahead of time. And mm-hmm. 10 people had the contact information in case uh-huh. I disappeared. And <laughs> I, I had friends lined up to text me while I was there. Community. And, yeah. And also to like comfort me after the person dumped me at the end of the date mm-hmm. or ran out screaming when they saw me. <laughs> um, but oh. we, had, we had a really nice time. And I was like, oh, and the next date was a lot easier. And mm-hmm. you know, now I don't even think about, oh, I've got to go for coffee and meet somebody. And it just got easier and easier. But the first ones were really scary. Okay. So what about
0: before you even got coaching? Like what – I mean the waiting, the waiting, the waiting, the waiting. You know, the not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. And what was – I mean clearly you you expressed a thought process of it's not going to happen unless I change something. But what happened right before that? Like right before the moment? Like was it just like a slow dawning of, oh my god, I have to do something different?
11: Or what caused the bravery – You know that little bit of bravery. I think what happened is I'd spent a really amazing weekend with someone I cared deeply for, but we're not romantic. Mm -hmm. But I got the experience of having that deep connection. I was really, I had a of an abuse history, and I'd spent a lot of years dating people that where I was not really present, and they weren't the best choices. I was just falling into relationships, and then I'd gained weight, and I kind of withdrew and processed a lot of the abuse, and so I was getting wanting to get back out there, but I was so shy and I was kind of stuck in my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I spent a weekend with someone that was really dear to me and I felt that warm support that caring Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, I need more of this in my life and I want it to be romantic. (sighs) I'm so glad you said that. Oh oh my God. Okay. So,
0: (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Um, part of that—it's so exciting to hear you say that—is because I think that that's something that, that uh, seems to be a theme in a lot of people's uh, histories. Is that um, so even if they're a virgin, it's it's or haven't ever had a an, a romantic type relationship before, is that they are starting out their romantic uh, adventures in the red. You know, like whatever, whether it's an abuse past or friends who tease them, bullying, or just like negative things that their mom used to say to them, whatever it is, they're just, and it affects your self esteem. It affects all these things, your perceptions of how people see you. And just, you're in the red. Um, and for some people, it's just the voice in your head saying, Oh my God, I'm still a virgin. like, Oh my God, like, don't, I can't tell anybody like, like unclean, you know, but because you're, you know, because you're too clean. (laughs) So the infusion of, of love and acceptance is something that can can kind of change everything, and get the ball rolling.
11: It can, but it's really hard for that to happen when you're hiding in your living room. Ah. So many of us do. We're kind of, whether you do law of attraction or you're just hoping the grocery, grocery store may be a great place, but most people are lost in their own worlds. And it's really great when we can start reaching out and getting out in the world so that it's easier to run into those people. If you're always ordering Chinese takeout, it's unlikely you're going to get love from the Chinese delivery guy. Yeah.
0: Although, if you work at an adult store and you make friends with them and you help them buy lube for their girlfriend, then they're like buddies with you forever and bring you free soup. <laughs> 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 just in case that's your life. Just in case.
11: And for the rest of people, maybe they can you know, go to a meetup or you know, just go out and start meeting people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the thing is that people
0: often will freak out about like, how do I meet people? And like meetup.com. like just show up to one of those weird hikes or something. Like it's cool. Everybody's awkward. You know, everyone's uncomfortable. I love
3: that. Hi. Hi. The other thing is that it's totally cool to pay for sex. So I think that for a lot of people, the confidence in the In order to have the confidence to approach someone that you like romantically in your real life about sex, you kind of, it's helpful to have that confidence, or sorry, it's helpful to have had past sexual experiences in order to bring that confidence to the table, in order to ask someone to have sex with you, or however you approach that. And it's totally cool to pay for sex in order to bring yourself that confidence. Um, And something that's great about, all of the different kinds of sex work that exists right now mm-hmm. is that you can be hiding in your living room and be paying for sex. You can um I mean I am biased as a cam model <laughs> at Layla Nova XXX on Twitter. <laughs> but um you um you can Practice. You can tell a sex worker what you want, what you like, and they can ask you what you want, what you like, and kind of work with you to figure out who you are sexually before you kind of bring it to the table with, um, people who you want to have romantic long lasting relationships with.
0: (sighs) I like it. So sex work's an interesting thing because part of me, I
3: mean, and I also, and just in terms of
0: the podcast, like I realize it's not legal in many
3: places. Oh, buying sex on the internet as in interacting with cam models or cam girls, that is totally legal. Okay. So if, but if they want to
0: have in the flesh contact, not legal in America, in most except places. for most places, most places, but yes. there are places where it's legal. Um, but that's an interesting thing. It's, I, find, I struggle with the, well, you could always pay for sex as an experience. Some people are open to it. Some people aren't. But there's also great shame in that for some people. I had someone recently in my community um, admit that in a, it's been a dry period. You know, and they're just like, uh, do you recommend any particular resources if someone were to in the world uh, maybe want to research the topic of finding a sex worker or similar? Slixa?
3: Slixa
1: www.slixa.com that's the place
0: cool I haven't been to that side of the conference room yet so I haven't visited their table so I have no idea but they're giving out really cool lipstick pens <laughs> hi hi
12: Sandra get uh, ready for the best French accent yes. ever thank you <laughs> uh, no I have a different interesting experience about the late, late uh, blooming thing mm-hmm. uh, Back in my dating days in New York City, I hooked up with this gorgeous uh, girl from Persian descent. From Be- Persian? Persian descent. She was descent. Persian. Yes,
0: descent. Was my descent. descent. Yeah,
12: translate descent. for the audience.
0: <laughs> she, sexy. Was, she was
12: really beautiful. Uh-huh. It was exciting. She, uh, uh, she's okay to come in my apartment, so I'm even more excited. Uh, and we're on the couch, and we start kissing And, you know, I go French kiss, put my hand in the back of of her hair, and I start to put my tongue deep inside her mouth. Is that really a French thing? Yes. (laughs) I don't know. And then I feel nothing. I'm like in an empty cavity. I'm trying to find her tongue somewhere, and Uh it's like an empty cave. It's super weird. So I, I, I look at her, and I'm like, hey, babe, I'm French, French kissing, you know? You have to put your tongue out. And I go back. And same stuff. I'm like digging inside, trying to find a <laughs> tongue. And I'm like, what the, so I'm like, Hey, what, what, what's You're going persistent. on? And she's like, and, and she answers, Oh, I, I don't kiss with my tongue. And I'm like, what, what, are, what are you talking about? And then we start talking and she's like, yeah, I'm scared of germs. So it's a crazy story. She huh. was a germophobe. She was extremely sensual, but I'm like, so what, what do you do when you have sex? And she looks at me silently and I'm like, what about condoms? And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe there's some little microbes that can go through the, you know, the, the skin of the condom and stuff. And I'm like, wow. And we started and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, okay, listen. Uh, I'm really extremely single right now, and I'm extremely dating. So I, I'm, I mean, you're fantastic, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think we can date because I really want to have sex with you. Um, I'm trying to find friends who would have the patience to, you know, but I'm like, but I'm not sure that I know any. Oh, so you're whatever. trying to help her find yeah, someone. I'm like, you have to deal with this. I mean, it's the, it's the, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm seeing a therapist. And so oh. I realized that sometimes people who, who, giving your virginity to somebody, whatever the age, whether you're 12 or 16 or 20, is a question of trust. You need to trust that person the mm-hmm. most ever in your life, and I feel, let's say you're seventeen, eighteen, it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're gonna take the time because you're young, you're patient, you're in love, and I, I think, I, I don't know, but for older people it must be even more complicated, especially in New York, because think, think about this: people date like fast food. You know, you're like up, oh, boom, up, you up. The next day, you know, the, the girl doesn't even leave your, your number. And I feel it's, I don't know, but my experience is like I would, at the time, I would not even, unless I would have fallen in love with her, I think I would have taken the time, you know, mm-hmm. to work this with her. But for people like this, some people, I don't know, they they come to the point where they can trust somebody so much or the person,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Some people. That was my take. They, de- they can't do fast food dating and sex about this. They, they need extra trust and love and just a little bit more time. I think most
12: late, bl- late bloomers, it has to be, it, right, because they want it, but they're scared of something and they have to work on the trust issue. Why? You know, and they, in that case, germophobe. Really I never thought about it. I never.
0: Mm-hmm.
12: That was my story. I love that. But the no-tongue French kissing. girl <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's something they teach in school, just in like French class. Like that's just said, like, oh, he's like, we, we just practice uh, at, what he, at what he says. I'm totally making money right now. I'm so sorry because I'm actually fascinated by it. And also this gentleman right here has a cool product called Mood Signs. The Mood Sign, yes. Yeah, I the hope i get Dot one. Com, so but
12: it's for another day.
0: Okay, it's for another day and yes, hopefully I, hope. I get one. And then I want to see if it gets me laid. Yeah, he hopes so. Yes. Okay. Hi. How are we doing? Oh, my goodness. So we have uh, 15 minutes until this party moves on to... What is it? What are we having? A cocktail party? Or, like, there's an award show? Or, like, things? There's a luau or a 1960s dance for a. What are we doing? There's a photo booth? All the things. Cool. Thank you for processing that with me. Um... It's just an ongoing thing, and I love conferences because I get to meet such an interesting mix of human beings. Um, Also, because, I mean, I haven't spoken here before, and I I do the podcast and things. Um, I also want to open it up to if anyone has any questions for me in terms of what I do or anything like that. Hi.
1: Hi. There was some time ago a a great podcast about uh, sex and science. And they had, for example, a great piece on the physics of beds. And the point of which was that for some kinds of sex, a harder bed is better. But for cuddly kind of sex, the softer bed is better. But theirs was supported by equations. And really? A seriously great podcast. There are only uh, a dozen or ten episodes extant um, that, that I've been able to track down. That's hot. And uh, so they did, you, you know, they applied... They said, let's ask a scientific question about some everyday aspect of sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, lubes was one of their topics. They did a terrific job on, on that. And uh, un- unfortunately, they, they're they no longer on the air. And fortunately, we have sex nerd, Sandra.
0: Fortunately, there are no other sex podcasts that exist in the world.
12: Just uh, do not buy a tempur bed.
0: I love my tempur bed. What? Let's do this. <laughs>
12: okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So you see, you see the commercial where they put a glass of wine and they jump on the bed, and the wine, the glass of wine does not spill. What do you think happens when you have sex? No rebound. Yes, yeah. There's so no rebound. So you're like on your back and you go whoop, oh, and nothing happens. You're stuck. <laughs> Look, I, I, Nobody tells you that when you buy the <laughs> tempered bed look
0: n- you know what it's going be a
12: full workout you, you have not- no clue so much for that sponsor yeah, so f- <laughs> think think about this next time you go bed shopping look that was mood my signs point. guy that was my point I'm sorry
0: uh, branding um, that those are newbie problems because I've had mine for at least five years and I've got abs of steel now alright Oh, I have questions. And this is cool because I want to crowdsource this question to you. Um, What do you think are important topics, like focused topics on sexuality that should be covered? Because I do one topic a week. I've got Reverend Beverly in the room. I would love to do a sex and religion uh, episode with you at some point before you leave this weekend. Uh, Because I haven't talked about that. That's important. And if you didn't go to her thing today, you totally missed out, guys. I'm just saying. But there are lots of amazing things, but I'm just crushing right now. Whatever. What topic should I cover?
2: I was always interested in the theory when you're growing up, the difference between lust and love. When your (gasps) hormones are changing, you haven't experienced being in love and you haven't experienced being in lust either. And both those things happen kind of around the same time. So... You know, I can just remember being a teenager and being like, "Oh my God, I'm so in love with him." When no, I just wanted to, you know, stop. So that's a I've, really good debate and, and uh,
0: conversation. I mean, there's science and there's opinion. There, it's right. all the things, and it's good Feelings. for the, it's good for the teens. Ooh, yeah. Oh man, good for. Uh, I mean, yes, it's good for the teens. Yes, <laughs> yay, coming generation. There are people in their 80s who still want to figure that one out. So I'm excited about that. Good one. Any others? Come here.
8: You tried to uh, do the virginity thing tonight, and you got uh, hijacked by born again virginity. And uh, oh no, that's what. Uh, there's a lot of born again. Uh, you know, I became. A, I've, I was virgin for ten years. I, I stopped having sex for ten years. So mm-hmm. the born again virginity, I think, is a is a, is a whole separate issue.
0: Okay, so separating born agains from virgins, but then of course it's like, wow, what is a virgin? And, and there are so many types of virgins. Ah, this is a brainy people. We can de- deconstruct and analyze this till we die. Well, yeah, ah, virgins. Um, any other topics? Come
6: here. Fluidity.
0: Fluidity. Uh, as an orientation, as a gender orientation, as, as a, uh, how, give me more on that.
6: I would say all of it, but particularly coming from the workshop I was at earlier, I would say fluidity in marginalized communities, because their um, sexuality is usually put in a box. So I think that would be interesting. Marginalized in terms of, um, it could be across the board, sexual orientation, age, um, ethnicity, religion, all that, but fluidity. Fluidity. So I think of fluidity as sort of
0: movement through time. Like as we evolve, you know, like who, who I am now, my orientation or how I feel about my gender is different than I am two years ago. Um, but it sounds like you're talking more in groups of people um, celebrating the diversity within that group as a type of fluidity. And she's nodding. She's nodding real good. So, mm, fluidity, delicious. Okay.
10: Um, since you have access to so many nerds, I want to know what nerd parents are doing with their kids about sex.
0: Ah. Nerd parents. Well, they're watching a lot of. They're watching Firefly over and over again. (laughs) Saving. (laughs) Battlestar Galactica! Not till you're older! Uh, That's a good question. I I fantasize about the coming generation of like the trickle-down effect of all the work that we're doing right now Like we're all working so hard in the fields that we're working in to touch lives and educate and whatnot Okay, if you're pretty excited about how wonderfully um, We our work is affecting the next generation. I want you to holler and scream Oh my god god bless America (laughs) Guys, um, this has been a ridiculously fun, silly uh, podcast that I've never. It's weird when the, uh, I'm usually outnumbered by guests, but not by this much. Um, so thank you so much for coming out and being part of the show. Thank you so much. And I hope we have a great time partying tonight all together. So I hope I'll see you out there. Thank you. Now
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com we <smart noise>